Let's play D and D, you and me, and all of our best friends. Let's play D and D, our favorite RPG. Escape our life and play pretend for a while. Hello, friends. Uh, welcome to the Rule of Cool podcast. I'm Nathan, and I'm Morgan. And today we're going to be talking about character and NPC relationships. Yeah, it's something that uh, our Discord group voted on. We put out three topics every week for people to pick through and vote for. And uh, this week was oh, it wasn't super close, but it was close. But this definitely won out and people are pretty excited about it. Uh, we've got some questions from people in our Discord to kind of talk about, um, plus our, our own kind of thoughts on the topic uh, and we're excited to to dive into it yeah so the first thing uh, that we need to establish is the different kinds of character and NPC relationships so you have like your player characters and you have small NPCs like NPCs yeah. that don't really offer too much to the story um, you have PCs and plot-driving NPCs. So NPCs that are there specifically to give them a quest or push them forward. Um, the PC and the BBEG, or the Big Bad Evil Guy. Um, yeah. PCs and allies, um, characters that are introduced to help them in a battle or some sort of situation. And then, quite possibly my favorite category kidnapped npcs in both <laughs> senses of the word um as a prisoner and as a like voluntold best friend <laughs> voluntold i love that <laughs> you love to see it. the volunt see this is something that uh i feel like happens to me a lot with always the most minor npcs because <laughs> Billy. i don't i don't know how to turn my brain off of making these like ridiculous npcs that people just want to be around because like it like i i build i can build a really interesting story driven awesome npc who has like so much cool stuff <laughs> and then i'm just like i it, it's funny i, I you know like for example, in the in my game that I play with Morgan, there's Billy, who is he's now just fully a part of the game because he was <laughs> and we talked about him in episode two. I believe so, yeah. Um, where he just got brought along. They just decided he was in. They decided he should go bard. They decided that he's <laughs> part of the party now. And like I mean, it's been fun. Like, uh, but the thing I try to do is like, I'm not one of those people that really loves the like DMPC, um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like self-insert player. Uh, so like, he very much just hangs out in the background. Like, he doesn't <laughs> like to get up in the fights. Um, you know, I think if his friends were in trouble, he would, uh, you know, be willing to throw hands, but yeah. only if necessary. He he he's more there in the story beats to be. Um, to be a friend to specifically a couple of the players <laughs> he started to bond with pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, he is the Balnar. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't he carry, he doesn't carry your bag. So he carries his bagpipes. <laughs> he carries his bagpipes. And also uh, I feel like he's absolutely there for comedic relief. Yeah. Like when we have a really intense session, like what happened last session and 
like I was emotionally distraught and my character like I'm somebody that pictures what's happening in my mind like I create a movie in my mind while we're playing and so I was like in the mind of Tempest walking out of this building I just had a super stressful interaction with somebody talking about this girl that had gone missing and I walk out and Billy is having a fashion show and like so this is like a, a very like quaint uh Eridanasi <laughs> village at the like base of this like mountains it's all like this very snowy cold town and it's like uh you know almost like all these Eridanasi people like almost this very like ancestral home of them and he's like in their little town square just like strutting it up because like Billy's like basically Rock Bark Rock from <laughs> dimension 20 yeah. fantasy i like he's it it, it it just came through that way because i tried to play him very broy, just out of like humor and then yeah. now that he's part of it i've been pulling those those rog vibes super hard <laughs> um and this is like you know we've talked about this in last game that's the cool thing is like uh this is our home game i can you know you can take a cool npc and like run a cool idea like that that's just like I liked seeing this guy that like how that goes. So now that I'm having to play this broy character, uh, I'm not a very broy person, at least in my opinion. <laughs> so like I try to, uh, you know, I don't have super real world experience uh, playing like that. So I've been uh, running this guy that way. Um, and yeah, he, they had been trying to get winter clothes cause they're going into the mountains and uh, yeah, he just, <laughs> Full fashion show, st- fully strutting it with uh, catwalking it. Uh, Safi, another one of the the uh, characters, was uh, like kind of like hyping him up as they like strut through the middle of the town square uh, to rejoin Tempest. Yeah. Right after we had this, yeah, very like serious <laughs> moments, um, and it like it it brought you know, and I think that having an NPC like that is helpful to the whole party especially when you have those kind of split offs of the party like what was really important in that situation as a dm for me is that uh we have seven players um it's a a big group and when we have we had technically three although one was invisible um it was really an interaction between uh tempest town hometown like leaders of the air genasi people um, and Tempest with Boris, our half-orc paladin. And it was really, like, kind of stern and serious, like, asking for um, Tempest's help and things like this, um, yeah. and kind of explaining the whole, like, very sad situation. And you you think about that, basically it's two players. So we've got five people you know, basically sitting there waiting for this interaction to end. Although yeah. they're listening and they're interested, um, you know, they're not involved. So, like, cutting back and then bringing everyone together in this, like, comedic moment where, you know, it, it went from, like, this very, like, you know, one as DM versus two player serious moment to, like, everyone's together again. Everyone sees, like, Tempest coming out and, like, kind of jokes with her, like, you know, check out Billy. He looks ridiculous. <laughs> It was a much needed comedic relief. And that's something that we could talk about on another podcast because that is one of our uh, topics that you can vote on in our Discord uh, is navigating emotional RP, um, which I can I can attest to. 
for yeah. sure. We, um, we have we have already been uh, very. Um, I had some very emotional moments in my game, very much so with uh, Tempest, which is Morgan's character, um, and then very specifically uh, one of the other players who plays uh, Safi Jr. She's a uh, elven druid, and uh, it's been. It's been interesting to see how that goes. And like, yeah, we're definitely going to come back to that on topic at some point because uh, it's there's a lot to it. And it's uh, like, you know, coming back to we love tangents, apparently, but coming back to like the NPC <laughs> stuff, having that the NPCs to kind of lighten things is, you know, in a way, as much as I wasn't super thrilled about the kidnapping of Billy, um, it it really worked out. Like it, it gives me the chance to say, you know, Hey, this is, this is a really serious moment, but like as friends, I'll let, let's all laugh at this for a minute. Right. Let's turn the spotlight away from <laughs> um, this. And like, this is, I mean, this, I think that's two sessions in a row that I kind of broke the tension with Billy. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> because in the, the session before that, I think, I think Morgan fell asleep. Morgan falls asleep in a lot of my games. Let's just, Call her out right now. It's okay. We, we play so late. You play but, until three in the morning for me. And at that point I was working like 10 hour yeah. days. <laughs> but um, we had like uh, visited the other player, Sophie's um, little meadow that she grew up in secluded from the world. Um, and uh, she had kind of realized she'd been betrayed by her uh, uh, kind of like, teenage heartthrob boyfriend um and there was like this moment where they had found this tree that they had carved their names into um and she was like uh decided she wanted to destroy that part of the tree and it was it was really like emotional and like very sad and then i just had billy like not really knowing what was happening come up and start punching the tree like <laughs> not where the names are he just thought she wanted to beat up the tree and he wanted to be supportive um so it was just like it like broke that tension of like uh, her and then one of the other players uh, and characters Boris were like kind of having this moment where they were talking about it and they like destroyed the like names off the tree and then you know had like a kind of heart to heart and then Billy came in and just started like punching a tree for no reason and like shouting up the tree to this like branch that they were standing on like I got you <laughs> we're gonna take this thing down I don't remember that. Because yeah. I was definitely asleep, but when I read back through the notes, I was like, "That tracks. That yeah. <laughs> that tracks." Um, speaking of, uh, jump into a question uh, that we had left in our Discord channel. Um, this is kind of going along with what you said earlier, so we're like making a loop and then continuing it. Yeah, which is what but... we like to do on this <laughs> this show. <laughs> Tangents galore. Um, but Damien the DM asks, have you ever used inspiration from a person you personally know for an NPC? Hmm. And like that kind of tracks, it, it depends on what you mean by that. Like I've absolutely created NPCs that are based off of like other characters from other things. Um, I don't, I don't know if I have created a character based off of someone IRL. Yeah, you know? I don't think that I don't think that I've done 
someone IRL. It's something I don't think I've ever thought about it. Um, and I think that, like, there's been a couple characters that I have self-inserted on a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I try not to do that as much because... How do I say this without sounding like the most evil DM in the world? My NPCs <laughs> are toys to hurt my players. And if I self-insert, then I won't want to make them do bad and evil things to my friends. Um, <laughs> so uh, I struggle with that just a little bit. Uh, so I try not to, in a way, like, I, there are definitely NPCs that I feel an emotional connection to. But I try to, like, limit that so that they are still in a way my evil minion pawns of chaos and destruction <laughs> can i call myself out real quick go for it i have i call you out all the time so <laughs> this is fair <laughs> i'll call myself out this time i won't give you the chance i have absolutely made myself the bbeg <laughs> more than one time in my campaign just to mess with my players like, and that sounds awful. I'm not a, I wanted to say I'm not a bad person, but I can't judge that for myself. That's for other people to judge. Um, I don't think I'm a bad person. I would never hurt anybody, but boy, do I love getting to like make myself into a character and cause havoc for people. Yeah. It, it, like, it's a weird, like, I don't know. Morgan, Morgan saying she gets her rocks off on being the PPEG. Stop! No! <laughs> that's, her, that's her secret plan all along, and she's just like, yes! Being a BBEG is an aphrodisiac. I'm kidding. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you say uh, that, because I remember when we played Drunk D&D, and Morgan's talks about there being a bard coming on, and every all of us are like, with blue hair, with with blue hair. <laughs> with with she... blue hair? Is she about, you know, yeah. five two? Uh You're like it it is Morgan coming onto stage. Yeah. I <laughs> it's me. Oh, uh here's another question. Um, have you ever had a kidnapped NPC betray the party? That's from my Dova two thousand and one on yeah. on Twitch chat here. Um I have not. Um, it's not really something that I feel like when they like when a party kidnaps an NPC, it's like I feel like by the time something like that usually happens for me, I've already set a lot of things up in my storytelling that like I would almost have to like really backtrack a lot of it to yeah to make that work um i don't know maybe maybe at some point i i i might try to work something like that into a game but it's not something i've done up to date i think it depends on what you mean by betray the party because i've never had a kidnapped npc like fight the party but i have had like a kidnapped npc escape and and then they went and gave information to somebody else. It wasn't the BBEG. It wasn't like yeah. Thinking like, thinking of that now, uh, we you know we've talked about Billy a lot. Billy actually yeah. already kind of betrayed the party in its his own way. They left him in this town. They got like taken over, 
and then uh, he was taken by like the BBEG situation um, and like under control, and they already saved him and like brought him back. That that happened quickly. Yeah. So we are. There was it wasn't really a betrayal, but like he was kind of like taken with this group, and then like they saved him, and like that was what kind of bonded him to them. Uh, and now he's kind of the puppy dog. So yeah puppy dog that hangs out with two baby albers <laughs> we love billy let's circle back at real quick before we go yeah. to too many questions um we kind of had like our like our main things we were talking about like the different kinds of pcs so um let's like let's touch on we talked about uh, relationships between uh lesser npcs plot driving npcs bbg allies and then the kidnapped npcs and we've talked a good amount about these like kind of kidnapped npcs um mm -hmm. but let's touch on like what like a lesser plot driving you know these kind of things are yeah. uh, so I, i'll start like a lesser npc is like the shopkeep right mm -hmm. he might he might give you sometimes he might give a small quest um but it's like you know, hey, like I could cut you a deal if you can retrieve this thing for me, and then you guys kind of have a little B mission, and maybe, maybe that B mission leads into some bigger story beats. You like, well, doing this, you encounter something interesting, but like in the end, you like retrieve the item that he lost or needed, and you bring it back to him, and he gives you a discount. Yeah. You know, they, you know, that's really like those are kind of the lesser NPCs, right? Like you mm -hmm. might give them a goofy voice or things like that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, one one good example for anybody that like watches Critical Role is uh, Victor uh, from from Campaign One. He's a black powder salesman, um, very memorable, super beloved by critters. But he's a, he's a lesser NPC. He, he comes up a couple times. He's very funny. Everybody likes him. And he sells Percy black powder. It's, you know, there's nothing that's like super vital to the story that he does other than bring, you know, a lot of humor. And, you know, that's just to the talent of Matt Mercer. But, um, you know, he's it's it's that person that you just fill the world in right because you're you can't just have big story npcs at every mm -hmm. corner of this you know especially if you're talking about like let's say they head into like a major city there's like a hundred thousand people that live in this major city right like yeah. you don't have a hundred thousand major npcs that are all going to give major plot elements it's like <laughs> you've got like four of those guys and like everyone else is basically a lesser npc you know, if you talk to a town guard, just say, hey, where's the inn? Where's the shop? Yeah. And that guy's like, you know, if you he's <laughs> a lesser NPC, he's just a person that has a conversation. And uh, maybe, you know, when you start to build a relationship with that lesser NPC, it's like, oh, hey, like, where's that one guard that's like always by the gate? Um, you know, can we talk to him? Maybe he knows about where something in the town would be maybe he heard a rumor let's go talk to him he's not really like you know there for anything um but now maybe every time the players come back to this city they're like oh hey do you remember you know jimothy he he works at the gate and he's <laughs> he's 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 a cool guy who like you know he's not there for anything other than like he's just one of the guards but the players like know that he's there and he works 
you know, in the guard, he can give them a little bit of information. He's not like the captain of the guard. He's just like a guy that the players developed a little bit of relationship having a couple conversations with. And now mm-hmm. it's like the players can, they, they know that person exists yeah. more than just the concept of them. They know that they can go find that person and talk to them. Um, but they're not there for more than really just the standard interaction. The people that are more than the, you see someone walk past you on the street. You know, this is somebody that the players can continue to interact with, but doesn't drive anywhere other than basic information when when basically prompted for it. Yeah, and you can have hundreds of quote unquote lesser NPCs. Uh, it really just depends on what your town looks like. Um, and that yeah. kind of goes back to like our homebrew world. Um, lesser NPCs are also just NPCs that you bring up in the second. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're in a tavern and they say, hey, uh, is there anybody who can talk to you that knows about this thing? And you're like, all right, roll perception. They get a 19 or a nat 20. And you're like, well, shit. Yeah, there's a person over at the bar that looks like they know something about that. And then you just like make someone up. Um, to give them a little bit of information. Yeah. Um, but if you go a little bit beyond that, um, then you get plot driving NPCs. Yeah. So plot driving NPCs are a little bit different from lesser NPCs in that they are specifically built to push the story forward. Um, they can be smaller roles um, or they could be like huge roles. Um So this one kind of has some flexibility, but the point of them being there, you plan them to be there to make sure that the party does what they need to do. So, yeah, I mean, the the plot guys um, are the people that uh, more than giving the quest, they're like involved in the quest, right? Like this would be like if instead of um, the shopkeep that asks you to go to the forest and retrieve a magical fruit or something weird just so he could make some potion. This is like the king, right? That's like uh, directly involved in um, asking you to take care of this problem. Um, And then he's, you know, but he's got his own secret agenda. He wants you to take care of that problem so he can advance things like that. Like the people that are directing you along what, the dms plan for the story um and then like you know with the pcs these are the guys that like these people are going to continue to come back to um that are going to have like real involvement in what the pcs are doing um what the pcs are um kind of planning um and these might be the kind of people that are kind of uh incentivizing the npcs along the way whether that be by gold or whether that be by um you know whatever else the case may be you know whatever they're wanting from the world they might whether it could just be information like hey you do this thing for me which is gonna further the dm's kind of secret plot or is and then they come back just for information about something yeah um and 
plot driving NPCs are usually recurring NPCs. Yeah. Um, these are usually NPCs that your characters will see pretty often. Um, now you can have them like one or two sessions and then they leave, but it's more than like a 30 second spotlight for that character. Um, so it's a little more important that you flesh that out a little bit more. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that like, and like, when we talk about a plot driving NPC, our next couple little like kind of touches here. Um, both of these are also plot driving NPCs, which usually, mm-hmm. which is the BBEG and allies. Those are the, I mean, those are your biggest plot driving NPCs that, yeah. you know, you can have a plot driving NPC who does not care about the party that does not <laughs> side with mm-hmm. them and isn't even particularly against them. I mean, uh, you know, this is another thing that we touched on a little bit in uh, last episode when we're talking about world building is building this living world, right? Where mm-hmm. the PCs can definitely interact with someone who has goals and motives and an agenda that has absolutely nothing to do with what the PCs care about. Yeah. And that makes the world super interesting and it makes the PCs interesting. And then it brings that realism into it where the PCs feel that we're like, Oh, yeah. we're going to do this like thing for this guy. Cause he's going to give us some information, but then he's going to use what we did to do some stuff. That's like, doesn't even involve us. And that like brings this like sense of reality into the situation. And it makes it pretty interesting, honestly, to have someone that like, kind of like the the PCs are just pawns to them. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we can we can touch on the last couple things here, and then we'll get into a few more questions here. But uh, uh, the big bad evil guy clearly is super important relationships <laughs> with the PCs. Um, usually, it's that like um, very us against them kind of trope esque feeling. Big bad evil guys. Um, you, and we, again, we touched on this in the last episode, the last stream, um, you don't have to have the BBEG to start out with. Um, that's something that you can develop as the party goes through. And that's the thing that kind of makes the BBEG cool. Um, you can make them something that in the beginning, they are a lesser NPC, and then as the campaign goes on, they transform into the BBEG. Yeah. So. Well, and I think this goes back to um, that, the question that we had earlier about have you had a somewhat like a kidnapped NPC portray your party? Mm-hmm. Like those are the kind of things that like build that like very serious relationship between the PC and a big bad evil guy, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be the kidnapped um, guy, it, it could be someone from a backstory or something like that, where it comes down, especially, you know, you think about, you know, the, if you have a full campaign that leads to this glorious ending, you think about that final battle, right, where the PCs either win or they lose, mm-hmm. and uh, you get that, having that relationship between your big bad evil guy and the PCs leads to that, like, really, like, story driven and like heart-wrenching moment of like how could you have betrayed us how could you have done this to us how what you know and like what led us down this road from where we started as like 
you know, happy friends or family. If you have someone from a backstory, you know, why, how could you do this to us? How could you do this to the world? Um, And it leads to those like very intense moments instead of just the, you're big, bad and evil. Like you're crazy monster. (laughs) just wants to kill everything. Uh, We just rolled up to stop you. I I don't care about you. We just need to kill you. And it kind of leads that like almost sadness of like, does a player like, do you even want to kill this guy? Right? Like, that's that's super impactful of like that like maybe this is like i don't know some kind of pc's ex-lover right and like they were corrupted or something you know (laughs) like what do you want to kill him like i mean he's gonna blow up the planet right but like you still kind of have you like i still love this person i would still want them to be a part of my life but now to save you know the world i have to kill them and, uh, you know, that that kind of Ooh. PC relationship is like uh, with a big, bad, evil guy is what leads to that tension and intrigue in that situation instead of just, oh, well, it's just a big, bad, evil thing. We just got to like hit it like a bag, of, like a pinata until it dies. Yeah, it's probably because uh, kept all those bodies in the bag of holding. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, shout out to my uh Matt, <laughs> I forget. I forgot which M he was for a second. Uh, <laughs> the madness. <laughs> madness. That's right. Uh-oh. He's madness. Ranny Wright says, if you do have the BBEG planned, uh, pre-planned, it's super fun to foreshadow their appearance, though. Yeah, I think that that's something that is is very cool. Um, and. It, your big bad evil guy, you know, I'm not trying to say that you need to have a PC relationship to the ba- big bad evil guy. Like, that's by no means, like, you know, like a hill that I'm willing to die on. Like, you can do both ways very cool. And, like, um, you know, there's there's kind of almost this, like, it's almost, like, humorous and, and interesting to have that, like, um, big bad evil guy that, like, he doesn't have any connection to the party. But he just, or she, just hates them because they keep foiling all of his plans, uh, right? Like, you've got this evil lich who's just, like, doing his own thing, and the PCs keep showing up and just, like, wrecking shop. And, like, it just became, you know, like, it doesn't have any relation to that. But now yeah. they have this, like, very, like, uh, you know, toxic, animosity-driven relationship <laughs> where they're just, like, the big bad evil guy is just like you meddling kids <laughs> like keep getting in my Aww. way yeah you know it's just kind of i mean that's kind of cool in its own way and you know having that ability to foreshadow their appearance um i know like uh in in my game which you know we, we talk about a lot on this like the first time that uh there's been kind of an encounter with um what possibly is the bbg of my campaign um it was you know kind of a uh cut scene moment where uh they see this like you know shadowy figure um like put up like a wall of stone and like disappear into like a, a kind of tunnel thing after like giving some commands to uh an npc that was betraying them and uh it, it, it's you having those moments of just like like oh i know he's out there kind of thing is like Mm -hmm. it's very cool and like you know i mean i guess in a horror campaign this would be even more interesting but it kind of brings that like vibe right that suspense that like 
that like oh he's like he's gonna get us like he's he's there he's doing his like he you know having or having that like initial first interaction where they act they speak or they fight and then he either you know leaves or escapes or whatever the situation and you kind of have that like you know like i said that animosity is just growing where like yeah the pcs are more and more wanting to take this guy down sending love for the scooby-doo one shot in the chat uh, <laughs> that's that that is kind of but like that's such a like why do people love scooby-doo right because it's it's kind of funny like that like that like oh they've got me again is like is <laughs> is such a like fun feeling i think in a D game like of and, and like at least in my opinion like as like a pc like it's kind of fun to have that feeling where like you're the like meddling kids who keep like messing up the plans and like like you always win in the end like you know in D, like you don't always win in the end like yeah. you could tpk but like when you do have the stakes to not win and you do keep winning and foiling these plans that's so <laughs> cool like that's 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 it's fun to do like especially yeah. like you know, I don't think that you should ever have a PCs versus the DM um, <laughs> environment at the table, but it's like, it kind of, you you do kind of have that feeling. It should never be like dir- directly like me versus you, but having a little bit of that vibe where it's like, you guys are trying to foil me and I'm trying to foil you all at the same time. You know, it, it, we, we talk about Dementia 20 enough on this, the, you know, <laughs> fuck you, burn in kind of situation where, like, and I'm dice. all the bad guys. Like, that's, that's like, striving for that kind of vibe is, is what you, what makes it very fun to yeah. have a big bad evil guy that's, like, being foiled by the shenanigans of the party. Well, yeah, and that, that to me is, like, the biggest goal to just to be able to wreak havoc on your DM or vice versa, um, or to be the DM wreak havoc on your players, and for the players to turn around and be like, "Eat shit," yeah. and then <laughs> and then eat shit and die. But like, <laughs> but then you walk away and you're like still best friends and you're laughing yeah. about it and you're having fun. Like that is so important. Um, just <laughs> Siobhan at all times flipping off Brendan is the vibe yes. you should always strive for. Oh, what a queen. We yeah. s- we stand Siobhan Thompson here. <laughs> no relation, by the way. I'm not related to her, even though we have the same last name. I wish I was, though. Um, you're, you're two from the U.S. I mean... That was a terrible I'm accent. Too, I hated it. <laughs> I'm too uh, Nord. <laughs> uh i am in fact a descendant of vikings anyways before we get on that tangent um let's hop over to some more questions uh let's cut over to this one from uh damien the dm uh do you have a lot of reoccurring npcs we were just kind of talking about the reoccurrence of these kind of people you know plot driven npcs and even some of the lesser ones um and i think that having occurring npcs is important if you know especially if you're having your game take place in a limited area 
you know, if you have, other than having a couple of these reoccurring guys, if you're having your game basically stay in this town or like two or three towns or small area, you know, having these reoccurring NPCs that, um, you know, we even, we actually didn't really touch on this too much, but that become an ally, right? Or, you know, and they can come back to and, you know, plot with and talk to about and try to gain information and insight from having those reoccurring NPCs is, is great. Um, yeah. I try for, for a lot of my games, I try to have at least that like basis of a few main reoccurring plot driven NPCs who can keep coming back up and keep trying to assist the party. Um, and like in, in a way, like, having those set up is helpful to the players and even yourself yeah. as a DM, because when the party gets real stuck, they can, without just super metagaming and just turning to the DM and saying, where the hell do we go? They can say, <laughs> Hey, let's go discuss this idea, this plan, this topic with, you know, Bobby, the wizard. I don't <laughs> And, uh, and just figure it out like let's see what he thinks about it because he's been our friend you know he sold us potions when we were level one um and we've came back to him and he he helped us decipher that like uh ancient text that led us into the dungeon um but now we're not really sure what to do about this situation let's go talk to him he's been our friend the whole time and then you can in game have the like you know as the DM, put yourself in and say, okay, like I can let this guy be a little smart on this situation. He can kind (laughs) of know a little bit more than, you know, maybe he might have to, because they in game came up with this, you know, something to try to figure it out if they're really stuck. And it's not just that DM, can you answer my questions? Cause I'm confused. It's like in game, they, they came up with a way to get around it. Yeah, and uh, Randy Wright says, or if the party latches onto a random NPC for one reason or another, just bring them back for fun shenanigans. I love it. Like, you know, like we said, you can have lesser NPCs. You can have lesser NPCs that are recurring. Like, they literally give nothing to your party except for a little bit of fun conversation here and there. Like, Yeah. (laughs) um, It's, you, you can have tons of fun. Like, they could literally have no interesting information for them ever they could not be a shopkeep so they don't sell things to them but every time your party comes back to the town they just (laughs) want to hang out with them yeah uh fantasy high freshman year galere uh (laughs) yeah doesn't do much but he's fun to pick on yeah uh (laughs) or that's like uh this might be a little spoiler territory slightly but uh um Lamone from uh Crown of Candy that oh. literally added nothing to the major story but like at the end of the game they sure asked about Lamone yeah. where did Lamone go because they just liked him it was just fun yeah. and like uh you know at the end of the day like D&D is a game where you're having fun with your friends and if you can't have you know somebody to have you know if you can't have fun and think that that funny guy with a funny voice and a funny name was you know interesting and enjoy 
finding more information out about him, even if it drives the plot absolutely nowhere, then what's the point? Yeah. Um, we have two questions here that are kind of on the same kind of topic. Um, Damien, the DM says, how much detail do you traditionally have for your NPC? And Zachary Colossus says, um, when should an NPC be basic and when should they be detailed? So this goes back to what's the point of the NPC? Is the NPC someone that you are using to push the plot forward? Yeah. Or is it someone that you're just kind of like hey, here's a guy in a tavern. Here's a guard standing at the castle gates. Like, there's those people. Yeah. Um, if you if you are intending to have a connection with the players, then you need to make sure your NPC is detailed. Yeah. Um, at least to, like, a minimal extent. Um, if if they're going to be important in any way, you need to be able to say, like, all right, so you encounter this guy. Um, he is a halfling rogue. Like, he works for the Thieves Guild in town. He's very proud of it. He, like, displays their insignia. Like, this is who this person is. And you could even have just that. But that's enough for the party to say, oh, okay, so he's a rogue. He's associated with this Thieves Guild. This is what his purpose is. Um, versus just saying, like, oh, yeah, there's a dude. Name's Tim. <laughs> like- <laughs> and, you know, this is this is definitely, um, you know, detail is something that you can come up with over time, too, right? If yeah. you're NPCs are always going to latch onto the most random characters. It just always happens. Always. Uh, and, you know, I think that there is a point to be made about making an NPC interesting enough. When, when it comes to detail, there's definitely a point to be made about when you have a plot-driving NPC, an ally, a BBG, some of these, like, bigger NPCs to make them interesting enough that they can have their own interest to build a relationship with the PCs so that the PCs want to, but PCs are always going to want to build a relationship with floop the poop goblin and like somebody that's just like the dude in the tavern that doesn't matter. Some random (laughs) nobody. And (laughs) I'm sorry. I still can't get past Bloop the poop goblin. I don't. I just came like, up with it. I need to put it in our game. <laughs> I, I have. I have ideas for who Floop the poop goblin is. So it's don't almost worry. as bad as Knob with Jeremy's campaign. Uh, oh it's, man. I. Uh, yeah. I, I, I Morgan is experienced. I, I run my goblins like very interestingly. I usually have like one or two goblins that are very like smart and like um, kind of doing their thing and like you know know what they're doing. But I like to run my goblins as these like insane <laughs> creatures of like just like with like aren't very intelligent. So Floop the Poop Goblin is very on track for my goblins in my games. Yeah. Um, wow. But that, that that's, you know, if, if 
and it also like this is something that like we can kind of touch on if you name your character one of your npcs floop the poop goblin even if you i mean why would you not spec this guy out but if you didn't spec this guy out like the players are gonna want to talk to floop the poop goblin if you're sitting at the table and the if i'm sitting at a table and the guy's like (laughs) You have uh, Eldermere, the ancient wizard of such and such, and he's in this long gray robe with a beautiful crystal staff. And you've got, you know, Herod, the human fighter who's champion of the realm and such and such. And then they're like, oh, and uh, over in the corner of the tavern, you see this uh, goblin bathing in this brown goo and uh, you hear someone say, uh, stay away from Floop the Poop Goblin. The whole party is going to turn their whole direction towards Floop the Poop Goblin. Like 100%. (laughs) But everyone's going to say, fuck this elven and human fighter wizard combo over here. They, They probably have story stuff for me. Who is Floop, and why? Why do I want him to hang out with me? The, I, that's that's always the P, the NPC that gets kidnapped too. You're not wrong though. Like, if if you give some sort of interesting tidbit, like literally a goblin bathing in feces, yeah. they're going to immediately attach to that NPC. A hundred percent. Like, I mean, it's and like. It doesn't make any sense. It well, and like I think it also comes down to if we, we go back to talking about kidnapped NPCs, um, you're not you're not kidnapping the elven dignitary, like you know, from an elven nation. This like like he's not Maybe gonna you let might, you kidnap. But... He's not gonna <laughs> let you kidnap him. But like Floop the poop goblin, like why wouldn't he come along? Like he's not doing anything else. Like you yeah. offer to like let him like you know, give him a bucket full of poop to carry around or something. And like, he's hanging out. Like, uh, why not? Like, he's just like, what? He's like, I don't have plans on Tuesday. Man. Yeah. Why would you have plans on a Tuesday? Floop the poop goblin. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, moving on from <laughs> that conversation. I, I offhandedly mentioned Floop the Poop Goblin in the last episode, and then it it snuck its way into it. It, it, it snuck <laughs> its way into our, it, which was not my fault. It snuck our way into our little clip that we put on social media, because Morgan said to use the oh, clip around this time. I and, didn't say that. You said what was some good material, and I said I think there's some good material around like forty to forty five minutes, and he said it. As I was talking, he said it behind my my yeah. voice. So you just like hear me talking, and then all of a sudden you hear Floop the Poop Goblin like behind my voice in our teaser clip. <laughs> like you planned that. Let's look at another question. Yeah. So we'll take our last question uh, that Damien the DM proposed to us. Have you ever had to deal with a PC and NPC? having a conflict-heavy relationship that could not end in them fighting to the death. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to let you touch on that first. Because <laughs> I, <So, laughs> I want to hear what you have to say before I... Yeah, I I have had a PC and an NPC that have wanted to murder each other. Um, it's a little bit stressful because, you know, you don't you don't want your 
PC to die in the middle of a campaign because of an NPC. You want them to go out in a good way, like, you know, fighting the monster or the BBEG. Um, <laughs> it's, it's difficult because you have to think in the moment. I feel like these are never situations that you have time to lead up to it. I feel like when you have like an NPC and a PC that are, are like fighting, you also like you always have that snap moment. Like, yeah, they might have had conflict before, but the moment they decide I'm going to murder this person, it's usually like snap, I'm mad. Yeah. Um or at least in my experience it has been. And I I had to come up with a way to separate them. So I ended up saying like, oh, this NPC has something that they have to do that will help you guys. So they need to go. And it it's hard. It's really frustrating. Yeah. Um, because I want I want the players to be able to have their interactions the way they want to. But I also know as the DM what my NPC is capable of. And I can't I can't let my PC kill my NPC. And I can't let my NPC kill my PC because I don't want to be that mean. Um, you can always so, kill the PCs. Well, they just right. they mostly deserve it. Right. But then that's the thing. <laughs> You're faced with that choice. Do I kill this player or always. do I try and send away the NPC? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, in one case, have had an NPC kill a player character because they were just being annoying, and they didn't realize who this NPC Destroy was. Destroy them! I will kill them all. I will kill every single one of them. Um, that's a heads up for all of you joining my campaign that I'm about to start in a little bit. I know some of you are in the chat. Um, <laughs> no, I... You have to choose between killing your player or sending the NPC off somewhere. Um, yeah. Especially in these situations where the players don't understand the capacities that the NPC has. Because I'm the kind of DM that introduces NPCs to my players, but I don't tell them the full extent of their power. You know? Yeah. I say, oh, they're a paladin. Well, they don't know that they're... The p party doesn't know that yeah, he's a paladin. But he's like a 17th level paladin. You yeah. know? Because um, he doesn't use his higher spells unless he has to. So it's this thing where you have to kind of balance it. If the player is not going to give up on killing this NPC, even though you try and put every obstacle in their way, just fucking kill the PC. <laughs> like, like, just do it. Because at that point, it's a death wish. Um, yeah, you can't... <laughs> it's, it's a difficult thing to deal with, but you have to make that choice. And if that NPC is important enough to your party, um, you have to either pull him out of the situation or deal with the situation. Yeah, and I think some of that can come back to um, inter-party, you know, relationships. Yeah. If you've got, like, this one NPC that's, like, kind of, I don't know, just, like, a shitty dude who's, like, really <laughs> pissing one dude off and then it just leads to a lot of conflict, um, you can kind of, like, 
it depends on who your party is, but there a lot of times I feel like that can almost be fixed by when the other party members are like, okay, dude, you need to chill out. You cannot like go ham yeah. and just start killing these guys. Like you need to knock it off. You cannot try to kill this NPC. He's the leader of this nation. You can't just <laughs> destroy him. Like, yeah. Um, <clears throat> like we're going to be in way more, you know, over our head if we kill this guy that we need to be our ally, whether they have the super conflict between them, you know, it kind of, in a way, some of that does come back to the party. Um, and like, I, I don't think that you creating an NPC who has that animosity between a player and the NPC is even a bad thing. Yeah. It, it leads to a lot of intrigue. Um, but like I said, some of that can kind of like fall off of the DM's shoulders and onto the party because if you have a 20th level wizard that they're interacting <laughs> with and want the fifth level rogue is like, fuck this guy, he's an asshole. Like, I'm going to kill him. And the, yeah. the party doesn't stop the dude, then let the wizard kill him. Like, I mean, the like, why? The wizard's not going to, like, stand for that. He's way more powerful. Right. Or maybe he, maybe he doesn't kill him. He just does some, like, evil stuff to him. He, like, changes him into like you know something else or he transports him somewhere or um you know like now you know different things like that you know if if the party's not going to try to to talk the player out of it um you know the npc doesn't always have to just kill him you know like kill off yeah. a pc it can be a uh okay well you know he banishes you to you know hell cool you're now on you know the you know one of the level you know one of the layers of hell have fun you're by yourself he didn't transport the rest of the party they didn't piss Oof. off but you're and you're not dead and you know maybe that's interesting maybe now the party's got to go rescue dickhead the rogue from you know <laughs> from Shadowfell <laughs> yeah, somewhere cool. like you know and that can be a whole arc of your campaign now they travel down there and maybe some interesting stuff happens that you get to make interesting you know it doesn't have to be you know I, I like to joke that I just would love to kill basically all of my players, but you know, yeah. that's, that's not always the, the goal, but it's, it's on the table, especially if like, like I said, I think some of that responsibility doesn't fall on the DM shoulders. It does fall on the rest of the players to say, yeah. Hey, we can't just kill this guy. Cause he's an <laughs> asshole. Like he's the leader of this nation. We have to have him on our side or else not only will the big bad evil guy be against us, so will everyone else. Yeah. And, you know, kind of on the opposite side of that, we have another question from Timey Wimey Fox. Um, how do you deal with romantic relationships between players and NPCs? Do you make it a part of your campaign or let it fall to the side as a background piece? So with this is we talked about this on episode one, two, somewhere early up one of our earlier episodes we talked about um consent and in yes. games being super important and like this is one of the situations that comes to be very important for that um and, and i'm not talking about just like uh you know that you got two players that you know a player and NPC are trying to bone or something right like <laughs> that's that's a completely separate kind of situation to be more careful about um, but like even like uh, you know there there's 
there's definitely some people that would not be comfortable in their D&D game with um, some of that on-screen romance. Yeah. Um, so definitely, I'll put that disclaimer out there right away. Um, this is something I'm I'm totally fine with existing in games mm-hmm. um, personally, but you've got to make sure that it's okay with all of your players first. Yes. Um, that's that's my big disclaimer for the start of this question. Um, yeah. And when we eventually talk about um, prepping for your campaign, we can yeah. hand out that uh, consent flyer, show yeah. it off, let you guys see uh, what we're talking about. Um, but you can also Google it. There's yeah. that too, an RPG consent form. Uh, it's important. But... Uh, I, I'm, I'm usually pretty comfortable with this. I'm, I'm okay with it being there. Um, I personally, even if the whole group was um, okay with it, and it's not something that makes me particularly uncomfortable, um, but when it comes to uh, the more sexually natured uh, mm-hmm. relationships, I would I'll always fade to black. I'm not gonna yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna role play um, any of that kind of stuff. On, in <laughs> We're a not D&D here game. for Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to run that game, like. You can run that game, and that can be you like your what? own thing. But in like you know my what that game main... is called, that game is called Monster Hearts. You're not <laughs> playing D You're playing Monster Hearts. Yeah. Pop on over to that game. Uh... Yeah, in, in my in a main like D and D game where that's not the f- almost focus, um, you know, then you can you know I think that for that it's always the fade to black. But just like uh you know a, a romantic relationship where you know you've got um people that are either in a relationship or they flirt or things like that um you know it's it's kind of whatever your comfort level is in doing that because um you're you're gonna do it either one of two ways you're gonna just like be the like oh they're they have an interest in you they flirt with you they wink at you they you know or you guys kiss you know just the saying things happen um so, you know, and I think that that's easy enough to pull off. Um, but you also, you know, that you're sitting at a table with all your friends and like you have to draw that level of like, um, okay, like if I'm very like RP focused, am mm-hmm. I going to have to role play this interaction? Yeah. And I think it also depends like, is it, your bard seduced somebody in a tavern and decided yeah. they want to have a romantic relationship because if that's the case then i'm just gonna be like fucking ball that up toss it in the trash can you had it it happened you move on yeah. but if it's something that you can work into your party and your campaign something that if you're a sadistic dm not saying i'm sadistic but i might be and you use that relationship to kind of push the bbegs plot forward or things like that that's important um but personally as a dm i'm not going to like follow up on relationship things unless the player wants to and then i'll be like oh yeah you came back to town and you ran into bonathan (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and he says hi and gives you a little peck on the cheek and then you go on to your next adventure. I'm like yeah. if you want to play it out 
we'll play it out. But I'll give you little like little droppings of things. But I'm not I'm not gonna sit there while you role play making out with a character that I have to voice. You know. Yeah, and I think having that conversation with not only your dm but just kind of everyone like okay like you know if you're a player who has an interest in something like that uh outside of the game you know maybe you try it something happens at the game that draws this interest but then outside Mm -hmm. of the game before you know the next session um you know have that moment to pull your dm aside or like send them a private message and just say hey i have an interest in this Um, And I wanted to see about kind of moving forward with it. You know, what can I do to try to make this happen? And, you know, what can we do? And then, you know, at the same time, you know, as the DM, like you, you know, you facilitate the comfort level of everyone at the table. You can, you can go aside and say to, you know, all the rest of players like, Hey, you know, Bob over here wants to, you know, flirt with, lady agatha you know of the council like is that cool with you guys like if if we role play that like is that you know like you know we're gonna have this like kind of scene where like this may happen he's interested in role playing that out like i'm gonna i'm comfortable with it let's you know and like have that kind of thing and if it's not then like as a player you have to be like understanding that that's just not gonna happen yeah the sex stuff always fade to black in my opinion if you want to have a game where that is something that you're going into and you're getting all 50 shades of gray uh go do that on you know go to as as your own thing yeah go go do your own (laughs) thing on that don't just subject that and like i mean if this was if it was something that like you know, like we've already mentioned at the beginning, like if the other players weren't comfortable with that and you tried to do that at my table, like we're going to like have some words. Like you're yeah. not going to just like we're... suddenly just be like, I'm doing this nasty thing. It's like, no, you're not. We're kicking you out of the Zoom call. Goodbye. Yeah, I can. <laughs> I, I, as the DM, I host all of the Zoom calls of our game. I will boot you right out. <laughs> you, you're not going to the lobby. You are fully ejected. So you're telling me if Tempest had tried to seduce her uh, best friend that she completely forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> I know I totally put that in there, but yeah. That you... made me so sad. <laughs> it was a very sad episode, or episode, uh, a session episode for Tempest. Such... Oh. We're, we're, our, our, you know, our podcasts are episodes, so I'm like, I'm it's confusing been... words. It's been two weeks and I'm still like, ow, <laughs> or a so, week. So I know some of the players are are going to listen to this, but even it's not, there was like, it was like a trifecta of like sad things that like happened. So bam, like there bam, was, bam, there was, <laughs> there was Tempest, which is Morgan's characters, parents who were, you know, sad about her, like she had been missing for all these years and then she came back and then she left again. And this is her first time back home. Um, and they had this like very like heart to heart moment where they had said like how um, Tempest was like, you know, everything to them. And like, they would never have been able to have like another child um, and like super sad. And then there's this whole thing with like the town where there's like another missing girl that went missing, like right after Tempest came back um in like similar circumstances where there's like um the like father of this missing girl is the shopkeep and he's like begging tempest to like 
um, find his daughter and like give him any information. <laughs> and then like the, in that same kind of, in like this kind of middle trifecta, like the towns, like the elders are trying to like talk to her to like see if she can go after this little girl to help this man. And then there's like this like third trifecta of the like now like town guard who like grew up with Tempest and like, um, like saw Tempest go missing as a child. And it's what like threw him into like wanting to become like a town guard and like uh, became like the captain of their kind of like, um, local patrol parties and things like that. And then like him being like in this like militant mindset at all times, like when Tempest came back into town because she like, because he lost like another little girl and there was nothing he could do about it. Like he's, and like, he doesn't know what to do because he'd already lost Tempest all that time ago. And now he lost someone. Else. It was like three <laughs> of these, like, like every corner like coming into like, <laughs> Tempest just like <laughs> feeling awful. I'm like starting to cry just <laughs> with you talking about it. It was so intense, but that was bam, bam, bam. Three NPCs yeah. that wrecked my character's shit. And it wasn't, it wasn't combat. It wasn't anything. We didn't have, a, we, we, we didn't have any combat in that episode. We didn't. Because I rolled for random encounters combat. and there wasn't, we didn't have any random encounters either. It was the, all the area they were in, like, that. wasn't, I don't have considered as, like, so this is, like, a little bit of homebrew stuff that we can touch on in the future, like, random encounter stuff. Um, I have, like, areas, like, on uh, my map, which, like, um, like, I, so this is another, like, map and world building thing. I have, like, a player map and I have my map. Um, and I have, like, areas of my map that are marked as more, um dangerous where like there would probably be an encounter and then i set a dc that's much um easier to hit to have a random encounter um and the area they were in was actually pretty low so it, it just didn't happen and then they got to the town and it was just like a very <laughs> like heart-wrenching you know whole game on We've, we and the worst thing is we started that with one of the characters rolling down the hill in a giant snowball, like cartoon <laughs> style, yeah. and smashing into a store. And then I go to my parents' house and I get my heart ripped out by my parents. I go to the store, I get my heart ripped out by the store. I go to the councilwoman, she rips my heart out. I go to the town guard and he rips my heart out. <laughs> like, yeah. just a solid si five, one, two, three, four, a solid five NPCs that campaign that impacted my character so much yeah and like well, they're not even all like big npcs like the shopkeep no. is just like the dad of the girl who went missing yeah like or is he he's he's bbg <laughs> all along uh well, it was kind of funny because like in in the game it like led to this like interesting dynamic where like they had this whole moment um where like tempest could like like she didn't like particularly remember this guy but like she could tell that he was just like staring at her while he was like trying to interact with the rest of the party as they tried to buy things and then there was that whole moment and then she like leaves with like the town elder and then their party's like all still standing in the shop like so can we like buy things now <laughs> and he's just like oh uh yeah <laughs> sorry about my moment. crazy outburst <laughs> Yeah, it was very funny. Oh, man. 
So, <laughs> speaking of, what are your favorite types of NPCs to make? Because uh, I feel like you had a, I, I feel like you had a fun time making those NPCs to wreck my world. I did. I, I have two favorite kinds of NPCs, and it's nowhere in between. It's either I'm going to emotionally devastate some one of my players with this NPC, um, or everyone's gonna belly laugh. <laughs> it's 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 either. Basically, all those NPCs we just described from Morgan's backstory, uh, or it's Floop the Poop Goblin, and there is no in-between <laughs> for me. Uh, I I love making evil NPCs. I can't help it. <laughs> like, we already talked about this before. I'm a savage DM. Yeah. Um, and I like creating characters with texture. Um, I, I, love, I love especially... Oh, my favorite thing is making an NPC that on the outside looks like a sweetheart, acts like a sweetheart, but then like, bam, comes at you, knocks the wind out of you, takes you by surprise. I love yeah, it. I love DM insert. <laughs> I love. <laughs> Morgan has I said am... like multiple times, she's a Sith Lord. <laughs> I am not projecting myself. <laughs> or am I? Um. No, but that's the thing. Like, I I don't know. I love making characters that have two sides to them. Um, having that, like, wild child side and then having, like, this super chill side. Yeah. Well, and I think that, like, that creates a lot of um, interesting aspects, very, like, dynamic NPCs when you do have multiple sides. Solus says, I love making NPCs that my characters grow to love and then killing them off or using them in another way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Listen, I mean, it's fun. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> to, like, make something... I feel like Nathan's doing this with our owlbears um, because <laughs> he, we're, like, in the midst of training them right now, and, like, I'm training mine to be very, like, to stick by my side. I'm training mine to heal. And uh, Mod Matt, the other one with the owlbear, is training his to stay so he can walk away from it. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like we're going through all these motions and training our animals only for Nathan to find a way to murder them. <laughs> uh, I, I, I will give you slash Matt and anyone else that's listening right now a little insight to the owlbear thought process and plans uh pip is a sweet boy who i love and is probably <laughs> i don't have too many evil plans for uh thurman and thurman jr i have some very evil plans for very soon um and it's gonna be interesting i don't know that i'm particularly gonna kill little tj but um things are gonna happen because uh, we talked <laughs> about this about when we talked about like uh backstories and stuff is that um, Matt gave me complete freedom on his backstory. And um, I have some plans that have be have very much not come to light. And uh, we'll see what happens when uh, when those finally come to light. And we'll see what happens to, to little Thurman Jr. after that. Oh, man. Rennie Wright says, the BBEG is hands down my favorite to design, especially if there's some element of craftiness in their reveal. 
I had a blast planning out mine for my political intrigue campaign because there are so many plot points wrapped up in their appearance. Yes. I love political intrigue things. I I don't know. It just... <laughs> it intrigues me. Um, <laughs> I... Oh, oh, I just love creating NPCs. I love creating characters. It's a lot of fun. Here is another question from Timey Wimey Fox. Uh, what are some of the best ways to use NPCs to motivate the party and further the storyline? For example, through deaths or by being a traitor, etc. Yeah. I feel like we touched on this a little bit already, um, but I wanted to make sure that we got that, that we read that question out. Um, we're so grateful to the people who sent us questions to answer today. Uh, helps us out a lot when we're yeah. planning on what to talk about. Um, I mean, Nathan, for example, we were just talking about Nathan's campaign. He used the kidnapping of an NPC to further my storyline and to motivate my character. Um, it's super easy to use NPCs <laughs> To push characters around. Yeah. Like bully them into your thoughts and plans. <laughs> NPCs are your tools as in DM, uh, even more than monsters, right? Um, yeah. really in a DD game, as a DM, your two tools are your NPCs and they're your your monsters slash bad guys, um, which the bad guys monsters cross into NPC territory in some ways. Um but it really kind of comes down to the fact that those are your tools to deliver your story with. And using an NPC to do these things by death and, you know, being a traitor and things like that, um, that like, how else are you going to motivate your party? You know, having some guy just walk up to the party who all have 10 page backstories where they're all like mega edgelords uh, and don't want to do anything. And he comes up and says, Oh no, my wife has been kidnapped. They're like, <laughs> Oh bro. I don't care. Like right. you have to have that, like some kind of pull to it. The, players if they have developed their player well enough if then or their character well enough are going to have their own wants and motivations and things like that yeah. and being able to distinguish that kind of interest to where the story's heading and then to weave them together is a skill that a dm has to develop and being able to use your NPC as a tool to do that is what's going to make that beneficial. And yeah. sometimes the best way to do that is with death or, you know, becoming a traitor or things like that. Um, whatever is going to help you further your story um, and motivate the party. And then I think part of the art in a way of being a DM is taking those separate um, ideas which may be very distinct from one another and then mm -hmm. weaving them into this very um, sometimes convoluted and sometimes a little more straightforward um, like net and like basket weave them into um, what the story actually becomes that's what you do as a dm you have to use the tools at your disposal to to motivate the 
party and to further the storyline and NPCs is really the best way to do it because a monster's not gonna you know they may they may bring some interest it may provide more information but like the battle parts are not what's going to further yeah. a story or motivate the party i mean i guess if a monster kills a player it might piss the party off but it, it may not really <laughs> motivate them yeah well, and Sola says sometimes a beloved NPC being kidnapped or a BBEG killing said loved NPC is one of the only ways to motivate harsh feelings in the right direction in some party's minds. Yeah. And I agree. Sometimes the party is like, this is who it is. This is where it is. This is where we got to go. And you just got to be like, all right, BBEG is going to come in, kidnap this person. So maybe they'll put their attention in the right place they'll focus on the task ahead um if the party's dragging then we'll just push that forward by making an npc do something drastic you know yeah and and that's what's again that's that's what's kind of important about being a dm is weaving those two things together because if you keep them as kind of like separate entities of each other then it's going to it's going to become confusing it's not going yeah. to it's not going to bring things into one it's going to be again like i said just just convoluted and confusing and being able to intertwine all of that kind of together um, and push it forward into one story even if it has kind of uh, multiple wants and goals and endings in a way um creating that somewhat of a pathway along all of the goals together is uh is kind of a the magic of of being a dm and using those npcs to do that yeah i think that's all the questions that we had all right guys uh thanks so much for joining us today we're gonna we're gonna close it out here we hope that we've been able to give you guys a little bit of insight into um building character and NPC relationships, you know, whether that's the big overarching story related NPCs that are crucial to your story or even uh, the fun little ones that are just somebody that you made on the side that the, the party just likes and uh, might even kidnap at some point. Uh, <laughs> thanks to everybody that submitted questions on the discord. Um, we're, we're going to put out the vote for our uh, next week's episode pretty soon here. We usually do that kind of at the start of the week. And uh, then uh, once we pick the topic, we'll we'll let you guys uh, start posting up some questions that we can possibly answer in the episode. Um, yeah, we're, we're stoked. This is episode five, guys. We've been <laughs> over crazy. a month now. It's wild. You know it's, what? I didn't say wild. this whole session. I didn't say it was wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild now. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate everybody that took the time to come out and chat with us and put questions in our Discord for us. Uh, we're having a lot of fun. We can't believe that we're already on episode five. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think we're already here and uh, we wouldn't be able to, you know, be doing this without your guys' support. You guys have been, um, you know, kind of our driving force. Like we, we want to be doing this for our own enjoyment and things like that. But, you know, your guys' questions and ideas are what's really driving us to you know have even more content for these episodes 
make sure you go and uh, join us over on all of our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, follow us right here on Twitch. Um, and then uh, also join our Discord. Uh, it's on all of our socials. Um, if you're in the chat, you can definitely ask one of the mods also about it and uh, come join us over there. That's where we do the votes every week and, uh, and where you can submit your questions that we'll be able to talk about um, in each episode. And we'll make sure to, you know, throw you a little shout out for, for asking a question that we selected for the episode. Yeah. And until next time, this has been the Real Cool Podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out. Min-maxing attributes, making your wizard really dumb. Seeing who can be the first to get the DM to say they hate you. Let's play D&D, you and me. And that one guy that the DM knows that nobody else really likes. Let's play D&D, our favorite RPG. The one where we can burn a town and have no real consequences. Ooh.